Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall. And as I hinted at in our Tuesday episode, I have an emergency episode coming out today, focusing on all the free agency news and rumblings that went around with the New York Rangers a lot of moving, a lot of new faces, and a lot of faces departing. Uh, so let's get into it. The biggest signing, the Rangers bring in Vincent Trocek, the center. Previously played for the Carolina Hurricanes. We saw him in that Carolina series. They signed him to a huge seven-year deal worth $5.6 million per year. A big deal. Uh, the Rangers obviously targeted him as their number two center, as their favorite on the market. Um you know, I think Trocek is a guy that uh, checks a lot of boxes. He can play, obviously, well in the offensive zone. Very good defensive center. Can win face-offs. Uh, he said in his little uh, introductory interview, he's a 200-foot player. Personally, I think he's an upgrade over Stroman Kopp, who we'll get into later on where they ended up. Uh, but all in all, I think a good signing. Seven years is a lot. Uh, but, uh, like Chris Jury said, like they needed to go that far to kind of for the salary cap reasons to, you know, for that money to be at 5.16 to go uh, an extra two years there uh, to bring that number down. So, but I like the signing of Trocek. I think he's going to, we'll see what the chemistry is with Panarin. Uh, he's excited to play with Panarin. We'll see if Panarin is excited to play with him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a very solid air for the Rangers team. You know, obviously that's the biggest splash they made with the salary cap, uh, you know, so tight. You know, they only had really one move to make. And uh, Trocek was the guy. And then uh, you know, they needed a backup goaltender after trading away Alexander Gorgiev uh, at the at the draft to Colorado. So they pick up uh, Yaroslav Halak. The Halakness monster is now a New York Ranger. After years of tormenting the Rangers, uh, Halak is now playing for the good guys, playing in New York. And I was looking up his numbers with the Islanders against the Rangers, and they are absolutely insane. I mean, if this guy can do just a tiny bit of what he did against them. Uh, the Rangers will be in business, but he was 24, nine and one, or he is 24, nine and one in his career against the Rangers with a, a two, three goals allowed and a nine twenty save percentage. Just like just, and I think five shutouts, just crazy numbers against the Rangers. I mean, it'll be very nice to see him not torment them, 
Um, you know, I feel like every time the Rangers played him with the Islanders, they he always won. And I, I, obviously, yeah, I mean, pretty close to it. So it's nice to know that he'll be playing for the good guys this time. And I, listen, if he wants to wear an Islanders helmet on the ice and make him feel better in Rangers jersey, whatever gets him going, go for it. Uh, but yeah, I think a very good veteran goaltender has experience both starting and backing up. So uh, I think it was a, he was a very good move for the New York Rangers to make. Uh, they bring him in just a one-year contract worth $1.5 So he hit right where they needed for the cap, uh, a one-year deal. So, you know, not much risk there and a guy who can fill in, play a couple games for Igor, and, and for, if Igor ever has to miss any time, uh, you know, he'll fit right, you know, he'll fill right in there for as, as a starter for them. So I think that was a good pickup for the Rangers. And then uh, a smaller deal, Ryan Carpenter, a center, uh, came in a one-year deal worth seven, uh, 750K, played last year for both the uh, Blackhawks and the Flames. Uh, he played for Gerard Gallant while he was in Vegas and actually had the best year of his career, uh, or best years of his career with Gallant in Vegas. Uh, so that's a positive. And uh, he seems like a, a guy who, when I looked him up, and I kind of was like, okay, well, what kind of player, where does he profile? The player that compares the most to him is Kevin Rooney. So <laughs> so you kind of – what Drury said, he wanted to pick up a, a depth center. And in the, in the Rooney mold, and that's the guy he got. So, uh, you know, a guy who kills penalties, a 50% face-off guy, and uh, seems like the Rangers, you know, they, they did what they, they had to do there and picked up a center for depth. And, the, you know, they have a lot of guys, too, in the organization. And then the last deal on a uh, NHL contract was uh, Mr. Spicy Pork and Broccoli himself, Louis Deming, signing a two-year deal worth 775 k and uh, this is, you know, Keith Kincaid left. Rangers had, coming into the day, only Igor Shesterkin with NHL experience signed uh, under contract as a goalie. So you knew they were going to go out and get a couple goaltenders, and they do that. And, and they bring in Deming as that Keith Kincaid, third goalie, has NHL experience, will most likely be the starter in Hartford. Um, you know, hey, Rangers fans got a good look at him in the playoffs. I thought, you know, for a third goalie, getting thrown right into playoff hockey. He kept the Penguins in the series. I mean, heck, he, he brought it to a Game 7 and, and let, you know, Jari play Game 7. But, you know, he got him the Game 7. That's, that's all you can ask for out of a third-string goalie. Uh, so, Louis Deming uh, coming to the Rangers, which I thought was just funny to see in that deal. And then a couple minor signings. We had Andy Walensky, who's a defenseman. Uh, these are all two-way deals. Andy Walensky uh, is a defenseman to a one-year two-way deal. And then... Turner Elson, a forward uh, who played the last few seasons, like five years, in the Red Wings organization. Uh, and I think he made his NHL debut this last season. Walensky uh, has 46 games of NHL experience playing with the Ducks. Uh, so two guys with a little bit of NHL experience will most likely be veterans on that Hartford team. Um, you know, maybe a possible call-up if there's an injury, but uh, two guys that will most likely be playing most of the year in Hartford. And then a big trade went down too. Patrick Nemeth, uh, you know, I alluded to this. I heard this rumors about this before the draft that uh, Arizona could be a possible team to help with the Nemeth contract. They were interested in taking that on. And sure enough, the Rangers get that deal done on uh, free agency day. And they trade a 2015, I'm sorry, a 20, 2025 second round pick. And then the option of a 2024 third round or a 2026 second round to Arizona for Nemeth. They take the full contract. And the Rangers also receive back, and the Rangers receive back defenseman uh, Ty Emerson, uh, who played for in the AHL last year, and will, again will most likely spend the season in Hartford for the Rangers. But the Rangers rid themselves of that Nemeth contract. Unfortunately, it's going to cost them probably two second round picks. But it had to be done. You know, they had to get on the cap. And uh, without doing that, they probably couldn't bring in uh, Trocek or, you know, or re-sign Kako, who that's the next thing for the Rangers now is getting Kako signed for next year, get that number on the books and see where we're at. They're going to be around a million dollars over the cap. So they're going to be very close to that cap number. I don't think they can bring anyone else in. As we're, I'm recording this Thursday night, Tyler Mott is still unsigned. I think there's a lot of hope from Ranger fans that maybe they can get bring him back. 
I don't think they can. And I think uh, by signing Ryan Carpenter, who is a fourth-line center with kills penalties, I think they kind of – I think that may have knocked Mott out there. So uh, it would be very tough to see if Mott can get there unless he takes a pay cut to come back to New York, which he probably doesn't have to do, I'm sure. There's a bunch of teams that would – uh, need his, is or need of his services as a fourth line grinder that can kill penalties. Uh, I think maybe he would like to come back to New York, and maybe that's why he's holding out to see if they can work a deal out. But uh, I just don't see it happening, unfortunately, uh, which stinks because I thought he was a very good player for them in the playoffs. But now let's take a look at where all the Rangers from last year went. Uh, so, like I said, uh, Mott is the last UFA available right now. Uh, Ryan Strom took a nice five-year deal with $25 million, uh, out to Anaheim, so he'll be with the Ducks. Kevin Rooney got a really nice raise with Calgary, signing a two-year deal in Calgary. Andrew Kopp got a five-year deal with the same exact uh, value uh, per year of the Trocheck deal, which was interesting, both $5.6 million deals. Uh, Frank Vitrano got a nice deal also with the Anaheim Ducks, so Strom and Vitrano staying together out there in Anaheim. And then uh, Greg McKegg on the move on a two-way deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Keith Kincaid on a two-way deal to the Boston Bruins. And Justin Braun going back to Philadelphia on a one-way deal. How funny would it be if the Rangers got to the trade deadline and they retrade back for Justin Braun? I would not mind that. I thought he was solid from the playoffs. But he goes back to, back to Philly where Philly fans, I feel like, really like him. Um, I'm sure they were hoping for a Johnny Goudreau signing, which did not happen, uh, which our guest this week, Colin Stevenson of Newsday and I get into and just crazy. I cannot believe that he did not end up either with Philadelphia or the Devils. I thought the Islanders were kind of plan C. Obviously, they weren't even in the running. New Jersey seems like they weren't in the running. It was Plan A, B, and C, and D were Philadelphia. When that fell apart, they scrambled. I think that, and they ended up in Columbus. Uh, I don't, I don't know what happened there. And it was almost like it felt bad for Devils fans, but then they got Palat, and then you don't feel bad because that guy's a Ranger killer. Um, but you know, the one sign the Devils made all day was Brendan Smith, and I tweeted out, I was, I was like, you know, the Devil fans came in today thinking they have Johnny Goudreau, and all they have to show for it is Brendan Smith. So. Uh, I felt a little bad there for for some Devil fans, but they got Palat. I think he's going to be a great player for them and a guy who killed the Rangers in the playoffs. So um, I really don't want to see him the three, four times a year they get play each other. So, but uh, yeah, good pickup for the for the Devils. The Islanders did absolutely nothing, and uh, so I think an Islander team that's quickly aging and not, did not have a good year this year. Did zero to get better, which is fine by me. If they want to continue not be not to be a great team, um, I'm all for that. So, uh, but like I said, we have Colin Stevenson joining us from Newsday, and it was great talking to him about the free agency, what he saw. Uh, he was at the draft last week, so we talked about some draft stuff. Obviously, like I said, Johnny Goudreau talk, and it's more stuff. And then the Rangers uh, development camp too. So he's been at development camp. So great stuff from Colin. Uh, but before we send to any of you, Colin, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at InTheClutch.com. Make sure you go get all your summer apparel, anything you need. You're going to baseball games. You're going to basketball summer leagues going on right now. Go to InTheClutch.com. Find your favorite players. Find your favorite teams. Hell, if you want to get some early Rangers gear for next year, we have two shirts in the store right now. Uh, you know, We have the, the Garden is a Jungle t-shirt. We have uh, blue shirts, bloody fists in, in the shirt in the um, store right now. So make sure you go and use the code Broadway when you do. You'll save 10% off your purchase. It's awesome. They have unbelievable gear to get you set. Cool shirts to wear at the beach. You name it. Intheclutch.com has it. Make sure you use that code Broadway to save 10% off. We're now joined by my good friend and recurring guest, Newsday Rangers beat writer, Colin Stevenson. Thanks so much for joining us again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, since we had you on, I think that was the Tampa series when we started off. Uh, you know, obviously Rangers go to game six there, lose. We get into this offseason, which had a lot of questions, and now most of them have been answered for us. Uh, first off, I want to start off with the news that kind of shook the entire hockey world last night. 
uh, Johnny Goudreau signing with Columbus over, which we thought was going to be Philly, and then we thought it was going to be New Jersey, and we thought it was going to be the Islanders. We thought all these teams around us were going to get this guy, and he ends up in Columbus. I mean, how shocked were you by that? I'm pretty shocked, I have to tell you. Um, I, I, I don't understand it. The only, the only thing I can think is he, uh, he had his heart set on going to Philly, and uh, when that didn't happen, I guess – where he ended up mattered a lot less, you know, uh, that's the only thing I can think of because we're clearly, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go to the devils because that would have, you know, it's, that would have been the next best thing. You know, you're an hour and change up the turnpike uh, from Philly and um, you know, they probably could have afforded paying the most of anybody. So, you know, for him not to go there, he clearly didn't want to go there. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, you end up in Columbus. I, you know, I don't know if the, if the whole point of leaving Calgary was to be closer to your home in Philadelphia, you're pretty far from Philadelphia. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, he changed. I saw in his, uh, his press conference there, he kind of changed. Oh, I just wanted to be in the Eastern, you know, East coast. And I'm like, Ohio is still pushing for East coast there. <laughs> Very pushing. But, maybe you know, maybe time think, zone. <laughs> yeah. Eastern time zone is, is as close as he's gotten. No, I, I just think he wanted to, it, it's apparent, you know, and it's all speculation on my part, but I, I'm guessing they just wanted to go to Philadelphia. And, and when, you know, when that wasn't the possibility, the Flyers couldn't clear out the cap space for him, then, you know, he had, he had to come up with a plan B and, uh, and, and this was plan B. So, you know, good luck to him. Good luck to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I feel badly for, for the Islanders and, the, and their fans who were, were hoping, you know, against hope really that they, they could get a player of that magnitude, but, you know, they soldier on and uh, they bring back the same team basically as they finished last season. Have you talked to your colleague, Andrew Gross at all about it? I saw him post something. Just to, I think he just wrote L afterwards. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him today, actually. After I, after I'm done talking to you, I think I'm going to reach out to him and just see, you know, I wanted to give them a chance to sign somebody today, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. It's crazy. The Islanders. I mean, Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. To be frank, they don't scare me, right? The Islanders, obviously, I think they're an aging team. Uh, they don't scare me at all from the Ranger perspective. And I think, honestly, as a Ranger fan, you sit back, the best case scenario of where Goudreau signed was Columbus of all those teams. Like, you don't want to see him with the Islanders. You don't want to see him in New Jersey. I think Columbus is the better of all those teams. And I just sit back and think, you know, from a Ranger fan, if some guy was from New York and was Adam Fox say, you know, that caliber player, and he wants to come to New York and the Rangers don't clear cap space for him and whatever else, let him go somewhere else. I can't imagine what the Ranger Ranger fan base would reaction would be. And I see Philly just ready to burn down the city down there. I, they, they are justified. They are justifiably bad at that franchise. I, I don't understand it. This is a guy who left a great situation because he wanted to go to your team and your team only. He's, he's grown up rooting for your team. Uh, you, you know, you got to make that happen. You got to make that happen, I think. And you got to move heaven and earth. You got to figure out a way to do it. And, oh, yeah, we want to trade James Van Riemsdyk, and we couldn't. Well, you know, maybe you could have thought of that beforehand. You know, maybe you <laughs> could have, you know, done, you knew this guy was coming. I'm sure they're not caught by surprise. Not like uh, they woke up yesterday and said, 
oh, hey, you know, Johnny Gaudreau's out there, you know, he wants to come to Philly. No, they knew what was happening. They knew, uh, they knew all of that. And, and they, they chose not to um, make whatever moves they needed to make to, to make this a possibility. You know, I, the other thing is, you know, they didn't need to clear the space. They didn't need to have the space when they signed him, right? You yeah. can be over by 10%. It's just as long as you're compliant by, uh, you know, by opening night. So they would have had the rest of the summer to, to figure out something um, to kind of clear whatever room they needed to clear. And, you know, and, and there were choices to be made. Listen, they, they traded for and signed another South Jersey guy, Tony D'Angelo, you know, and they gave him $5 million. Now, I like Tony D, you know, as a player, um, and I think he'll help them. But – you know, that's five million dollars yeah. that you don't have that you could have given to Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, I mean that hurt them. That that that's it. That's the money right there, really. You know, you can move another smaller contract after that, and I I honestly think he would have signed for less in Philly anywhere else. Um, yes, but yes, I wonder if he was. I wonder if Gaudreau's agent. Obviously, they went later on the night. I wonder if they're sitting there at twelve o'clock, like waiting for that call from the Flyers, and it's like. Uh, what's going on here? What, you know, what, and then finally the flyers like, Oh, we don't have cap space for you. I wonder if he's like, probably you should have taken that eight year deal in Calgary. And now sitting in Columbus. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, hindsight is 2020. I mean, yes, you should have, you know, I'm sure Calgary offered him 10 million a year and for eight years. So, I mean, it's more money than it could have gotten anywhere else. And people out there love them. And, you know, um, in hindsight, yeah, he should have probably stayed there. You know, and, and, but he, and I get it too. Look, you, you, you know, it's, I, I, I don't want to stab the Islanders fans in the heart again, but it's like the John Tavares thing, right? I mean, um, the guy was dutiful. He played hard for the Islanders. He, you know, he represented them very, very well, but when it came time to be an unrestricted free agent and he had a chance to, to go out there and test the waters and talk with a few people and stuff, but he always wanted to go to Toronto and that's where he ended up. So this seems like it was the same thing. Um, and Philly just didn't play long. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, it's fine. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how well that Goudreau and Columbus thing works out. Yeah, the Islanders have a tough go. They had Tavares and then Panarin was going to go there and then switch to the Rangers for less money. And now Goudreau goes to Columbus for less money, apparently than what the Islanders offered. So, Three, three uh, tough offseason transactions there for the Islanders. But uh, the Rangers, big deal. They bring in Vinny Trocek, a guy who we saw up close and personal playoffs. Uh, they let Andrew Kopp and Ryan Strom walk. Do you see him as an upgrade over those two? Um, yeah, well, on the surface, it, it probably looks like yes. And I would say primarily because he can – kill penalties. Well, although cop could kill penalties as well. Um, and, uh, he is a, uh, a better face-off man than certainly Strom. Strom didn't kill penalties. I mean, a, a little bit, um, not a good face-off guy. Um, Trocek can, can win face-offs and kill penalties in addition to playing, uh, on the power play. My, my only question always is, um, was the chemistry that Ryan Stroman and Artemi Panarin had with each other, was that a special thing? I mean, can you, because it seemed like they had instant chemistry. They, you know, they, you know, Panarin came and plan A was to play him with Mika. Uh, and that just didn't really, you know, didn't light the world on fire. And so whatever, 10 games in or so, you know, then coach David Quinn said, all right, I'm going to take the move Panarin and I'm going to put him with Ryan Stroman that, at work just like that um and so I, I don't know i mean that's always the thing you worry about like they had a great chemistry it worked for the both of them um there was a time when you know you wondered whether whatever strom was producing was a direct result of panarin but i think you know when panarin was out of the lineup when he went to russia for those three or not went to russia when he went to hiding for those three weeks or took that leave of absence last season uh, I think Strom stepped up and played and, and, and showed that he could play without Panarin. Um, so, you know, so you felt a little bit better, like, okay, Strom can actually play. Um, and so that's the one question I have is, 
can Trocek, you know, if he ends up playing with Panarin, if that's how the lines shake out, but you know, that's where the opening is at the moment. Um, can Trocek, you know, kind of create that same chemistry with Panarin that, that Strom had. And, and so that's the one thing, but you know, on the, on the surface of it, you know, it's a guy who probably scores a little bit more than, than, uh, than Strom did, um, can kill penalties, uh, and, and win faceoffs. So yeah, I mean, a slight upgrade, not, not something that, you know, listen, if, if Ryan Strom would have signed four or five months ago, this would not have come about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Strom, they had a crack to do it. Um, and they made a call at that time to wait and the Rangers moved on. So I, I don't know. It's a clear upgrade, but it looks like a slight upgrade. Now I saw a cop came out and said, I think it was an NHL network that the Rangers never actually made an offer to him. Uh, have you asked anyone? Yeah. Did, yeah. Did they, did anyone ever confirm that the Rangers made an offer to Strom at all? No, 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 they never, they never did. There were reports that, uh, that they were talking and, and pre- we presume that there was an offer made. Um, you know, you got to, feel like you know if you, if you saw the the average salary um it, cops getting the same average salary in detroit mm-hmm. that trochek is getting uh with the rangers so if they had that much money to spend and they gave it to trochek you wonder if they may they would have been willing to give that number to cop as well i can't confirm for you that they that they made him any kind of an offer much less that offer uh, they also bring in uh, Yaroslav Halak, who the Rangers, Halak this monster, as he's referred to in the Islander yeah. land, uh, who is a Ranger killer. I think he's 24, nine and one with, yeah. four, I think five shutouts against the Rangers is incredible. Yeah. Every time you played him with the Islanders, they won. Uh, so hopefully he can replicate some of that. Listen, he can wear his Islander mask for all I care if that gives him the mojo in a Rangers. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that, you know, losing Gorgiev in the in the draft and getting some draft picks was a needed thing. But I think Kalak was a very good pickup for them, having a serviceable backup with some starting experience. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ultimately what you want is, is uh, you know, a capable backup who has been a starter, you know, a veteran guy who's been a starter or has played – lots of minutes and knows the league uh, and you know is good. Um, obviously you don't need a guy that's going to play 35 games. You know, he's not going to play, you know, if he's playing 35 games, it's because there's a problem with Igor and mm-hmm. obviously you don't want that. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tricky, it, it's a tricky hole to fill because you need a guy that will be able to play um at a high level without being able to establish the rhythm like you know the, the thing that georgiev could not do was he he just couldn't uh he couldn't play well with the little bit of ice time that he was getting and and if you look at you know how his season went um whenever igor was out you know when when igor pulled his groin and was out for what it was three weeks or something like that Georgiev actually played well over that stretch because he knew he was the guy for that stretch and he was going to play. And if he had a bad game, he was going to be in there again, the next game. Um, and he played well, uh, when, when Igor had, you know, COVID and was down for, uh, five days, I think he missed three games. Georgiev played well because he had, you know, he knew he was going to play all, all of those games. Um, but you know, he just couldn't handle the whole, I don't know when you're going to play and it might be two weeks and it might be three weeks. And, you know, just, so you need a guy who can do that, can handle that. Um, And it's typically better if it's a veteran guy that's played a lot in this league. Uh, But then also, obviously there's a, there's a a financial component to this as well. You you couldn't afford to spend too much on that Mm -hmm. um, because they are, I wouldn't say strapped against the cap, but you know, they're, they're, they're being squeezed a little bit by the cap. You know, you had to, you had to sign a second line center. Um, and that was going to cost you five plus million. Um, you still have to sign Capo Caco, um, which I don't know, I would assume that's going to be two plus million. Um, and then, so your, you know, your available space under the cap sort of starts to shrink really, really quickly. And they needed, so they needed a, a goalie who could play but wouldn't cost much. And so, yeah, uh, Halak seems to fit the bill. Um, he is 37, uh, which is, you know, seems like pretty old. He's played 16 years in the league. 
Um, but he's a goal. He's not skating up and down the ice. And again, as you know, he's probably, you know, he played 17 games this past season. He's probably not going to play more than 20, 22, 25 games or so. So, yeah, you hope that uh, he can give you what you need. Yeah, you kind of hope he doesn't play more than 25, right? That, Like you said, it's, that means Igor is missing time with something. And that right. no matter how good anyone is, he's not Igor Shosturkin in that. Um, but from yesterday's conference call with Chris Shirley, did anything stand out from what he said to you? No, I mean, standing out, I, I think that the, you know, the main topics were, were Trocek, you know, what he liked about Trocek. I mean, his, his versatility, you know, he mentioned the, the face-off thing uh, in addition to being able to play, you know, power play, penalty kill, uh, eat up minutes, play second line duty. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that I, that kind of perked my ears up was when he was asked about Tyler Mott. You know, who, as of, you know, when we're speaking, I don't believe Mott has signed anywhere. I mean, we know that that was a player that the Rangers would have liked to have brought back. Uh, and um, Drury was asked if, you know, if, he, if Mott was still a possibility or if he thought that that might be a little bit tight given the cap realities that they're facing. And, and he admitted that, yeah, it's probably going to be a little tight. So... Um, that was the one thing that I took was, you know, sort of newsy where he was saying, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get back Tyler. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, Tyler Mott is either a fourth line player or a third line player. Um, so, you know, the, the priority clearly was to, to get Trocek and to get a backup um, and, and to sign Kako. So, you know, if you, at the end of the day, don't get Tyler Mott, well, it stinks but you know, it's not going to cost you a trip to the finals, you know? Yeah. I think then they signed Ryan Carpenter Thursday morning, which I think put kind of to bed any Tyler cop, any Tyler Mott conversation. Cause you bring that guy in, who's going to be the, I think he said in the call, in the call, he was like, uh, they want a fourth line type center depth and which Carpenter yeah. gives them, which yeah. you would think Mott would be the other option. But uh, I think Carpenter came in like 750 K where Mott's probably gonna be closer to 2 million. Uh, right. or so per year. So right. um, at this point you want to save money and have as much space as you can uh, available. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get an injury and you're going to have to go get a replacement or you have to bring guys up or, you know, whatever. So I don't think you want to go into opening night with like $5 left. <laughs> in the I think you want to have a little bit of space to, you know, to give you some flexibility. And Carpenter, so I, I wanted Rooney back. I thought Rooney was a good – I like Kevin Rooney. I thought he fit, you know, on the wing, center, kill penalties. Seems like Carpenter, when you actually looked him up, looked up his numbers, and the player that he's most similar to in the NHL is Kevin Rooney. So it seems <laughs> like – it actually says, like, number one comparison, Kevin Rooney. So oh, from all his stats, I was like, all right, so they got Rooney basically back, but for 500 k less than what he's signing Calgary. Right. So, right. Uh, which right. I'm happy yeah, for him. He got a significant raise there in Calgary, but – uh, yes, he seems like he's the a good guy. Player, yeah, he's a good guy, and, and and we wish him well. I mean, he's not going to replace Johnny Gaudreau, but you know. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Iowans. You have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flames fans, you know, they got Rooney coming in. They got, that's like I, I tweeted last night before the Devils signed Palat. I was like, uh, you know, Devils fans came into the day warning Johnny Goudreau and they ended up with Brendan Smith. It's a tough day for Devils fans, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got Palat, and uh, I'm, you know, I, I good for them that they got Palat. I think Palat's a good player. He certainly was good against the Rangers in that yeah. uh, Eastern Conference final. Uh, he scored how many game winners did he score in that series? No, he was, he was really great and, and good for the devils to get a guy like that. You wonder, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. They had so much space under the cap. I suppose they could afford to pay the guy maybe a little bit more than another team might be able to pay him. So, you know, they used their cap space and they got a good player. So good for them. There was a lot of rumors going into the day that, uh, Kadri was still a target for the Rangers. And obviously, you know, they, they went with Trocek and it seemed like what Chris Drury was saying that Trocek was kind of their number one target. Uh, did you hear any other rumblings at Kadri leading into the day? Like, did you think that was, might've been a possibility? No, I mean, in terms of room, I think, I think what Chris Drury has shown is that he's going to investigate everyone. So I'm sure he was in on Kadri as far as calling the agent up and saying, you know, what's it all about you know and, mm-hmm. um but i don't know that given the, the the realities of the salary cap that he was dealing with that that ever was a realistic possibility um i don't know what codger going to end up with you know i've i've read anywhere from seven to eight point five million um as an average salary and i think you know that's high you know, yeah. the Rangers had, you know, started the day probably with about 10.2 million um, available in cap space um, to work with. So if you're going to give eight, seven and a half or eight of that to one guy, you know, where are you going to pay your backup goalie from? Where are you going to pay Kako from? Mm-hmm. You know, so where are you going to pay that depth centerman from? So um, I always thought that that was a long shot. Now, if you could have gotten him and you felt like he was the right guy, then maybe you move somebody and, and you create some cap space to, uh, to accommodate him. But, you know, without doing that, I don't think uh, it was a realistic possibility. Now, after the whole day yesterday and everything, um, the rumors before that going into it in draft day, uh, Patrick Kane coming to the Rangers as this rumor starting up as Chicago rebuilds. I have a feeling this is going to take on a life of the, Eichel talk where every day it's going to be in the season or in the offseason, it's going to be more and more keen rumors to the Rangers. It seems like he wants to start the year with Chicago. That's the latest report and kind of take it from there and see what happens. He's going to be a UFA at the end of the year next year. So I can't see Chicago holding on to him unless they sign him to an extension. I got to think they're going to want something in return for him. How long do you think that conversation will go on for? Is it going to be same thing as Eichel where it's going to go on until the day he gets dealt? Like, what do you think? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, because I think, you know, clearly Chicago is going to be bad. They're rebuilding. They're going to lose a lot and, uh, it's going to be miserable for those guys that are there. I mean, you know, you're talking about Kane and talking about Kate Taze and, um, and Seth Jones, uh, it's going to be miserable for everybody that's there, but for those guys in particular, those big money guys, particularly Taze and, and Kane who have won the cup. Um, and were there when Chicago was good, it's going to be really, really difficult for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, look, he can start the season with Chicago, and I think at this point, why not? See how it goes. Um, but I would feel like, you know, at some point, if he has the opportunity to leave, he should leave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's – not 40 years old. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a guy who's still um, a, a very good player in this league and, and would help a good team. So, you know, he's obviously got a, a no trade 
uh, you know, he's got no trade protection in his contract, so he'd have to waive that. You'd have to work with him as to sending him someplace where he would want to go. Um, and so that, I suppose, makes it a little bit more complicated. Um, you know, and you'd probably, if you're Chicago, have to retain some of his salary. They have to, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be somewhat, um, you know, complicated. And yes, you know, the Rangers were certainly a team that was mentioned as a potential spot where maybe he could end up. And I think it made some sense. Um, but, you know, that's sort of, I don't know that that's possible anymore. Um, now, who knows what's going to happen by the, the trade deadline. Um, you'll see how the Rangers are as a team. Uh, are things going well? Are they not going well? Do they need a change? Do they just want to tweak? Um, and then, and then we'll see if, if that makes sense at that time. But, but for right now, if you're Chris Drury, you had this much cap space. And, and the other thing is if you were going to get Kane, it would have precluded getting a second line center, right? So it would have meant choosing a second line right wing over a second line center would have been a trade. You would have been trading Kako or somebody, uh, maybe moving Filipino into that second line role. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something that you probably could have considered, but then you would have to resign the guy or not. Mm-hmm. So you would have given up assets for a guy that is really just going to be here for the one year. So, you know, I, for, for those reasons, I think, Getting a guy like Trocek, who signed for seven years, probably makes more sense for the Rangers this time. Yeah, I think the trade deadline obviously would be less of a cap hit as well for the Rangers at the end of the year if they try to go after him then if he's still available. And then sure. Chicago would still have to eat some cap. And you probably have to send a contract back there like a Reeves or something to kind of help with that, I would think, um, to help with the cap space there. But yeah, I, that's going to be a rumor that won't die. I, I'm sure that'll no, continue all no, season that'll, long. We've reading about that and hearing about that <laughs> until, until the deadline. The, the first Rangers losing streak or the first time Kako misses an open net, that'll be the, the whole thing that, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, that's here to stay. Um, NHL draft, you were there uh, first yeah. time in person in a, in a while. How was the experience there? It was fun. It was fun. would have been better, I think. Um, if, if the Rangers, you know, had a, uh, a first round pick, they did not, mm-hmm. um, probably made my life a little easier. And, and what was, what made it really even much better was that they made the Georgiev trade on that day of the, that first round. So we actually had something to write about as opposed to maybe not having anything to write about. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, it was, a, it was, it was good. That was good to, to be back in the draft setting um montreal is a great city one of my favorites but just you know to be there with with all uh with everybody there and and you could talk to people and exchange ideas and exchange information and get to meet the other people who do what you do it's kind of like a a convention if you will um for for media and and for you know you know because i'm in the media but you know i'm sure for executives and scouts and all that kind of stuff so it's it's a, kind of a, a convention of sorts where people can get together and and see one another people that they maybe work with and uh um all in one in one place and, and and a good time was had by all so i think uh you know i think you know great for the nhl that this was able to come back um fortunate for us that it was able to come back in montreal which is a great city um and, uh, you know, and there was a lot there, a lot of information there that was floating around, lots to write about, lots to talk about. So I think it was all good. Uh, and I think the Rangers uh, came out of it. Um, you know, if you're looking from a Rangers perspective, I, th- I thought they came out of that very well. In fact, I think Chris Drury's had a, a two pretty good weeks uh, back to back. You know, what he accomplished, you know, being able to move Georgiev, um, the, the, the players that he was able to pick, you know, picked up a couple extra draft picks, the players that he was able to pick, um, you know, really, I think, um, helped him. And then obviously, you know, with the, you know, he followed that up with, with free agency and, and what he's able to do there. So I think he's had 
two back-to-back, you know, pretty good weeks. I had to laugh at your picture you posted of the empty Rangers draft table in the seventh <laughs> round. And you're like, I'm going to assume the Rangers aren't taking a pick. And I'm like, Colin, they're breaking news. Rangers not trading back into the seventh round. Well, you know what? It, it struck me, obviously, the opportunity was there because the Rangers table was right near where, where we were set up. So I, you know, I could, not that I spent the whole draft looking at them the whole time, but you could always look over and you could see them. And so that was easy enough to spot, but, but I was struck by, and the reason it struck me as so funny was um, I think it was my first draft covering a team in 2018 uh, on this present go around um, where, you know, the Rangers were in a different place. They had just started the rebuild. They had three first round picks. They had a couple of second round picks. They made some deals. They moved up in the first round to take Keandre Miller and they stayed. And, and as I recall, they didn't have a second, a seventh round pick in that draft either. And, you know, we were talking to Jeff Gordon afterwards and what, what they did was they didn't have a seventh round pick. And so they traded with somebody to get a seventh round pick and they drafted Riley Hughes. And that was, and Jeff Gordon explained that to us afterwards when we talked to him. He's like, yeah, I was sitting around. We didn't have a seventh round pick. And I just said to those to the scouts at the table, is there anybody that you want, you know, to get in this round? Because if you do, we'll just make a trade. We'll trade next year's seventh round pick to get, you know, a seventh round pick from somebody this year so we can take that guy. And so that's that's why I kind of framed it that way because you know there's always a possibility even if you don't have a seventh round pick you can trade next year's seventh rounder to get a pick today if there's a guy that you want and obviously there was not a guy there that the Rangers <laughs> yeah. would give up a pick for so you know that's why I just thought it was funny there's like a bunch of empty bags of chips left on the table the Rangers there but uh I mean if you kept your eye on it who was the most active guy at that table is there anyone that stood out to you that was super active uh, I, I, I mean it's it's uh no, nobody was there weren't there weren't any like shouting matches or anything like that I mean it was just a bunch of guys sitting around the table it wasn't that exciting <laughs> yeah, it's like a fancy football draft like they're just all sitting there hanging out with their papers in their hands they're all just sitting there hanging out they're all just sitting there you know it was interesting um to see you know because guys do get up and walk around from time to time right um you're not watching the table all the time because most of the time you're actually watching the stage to see who's up on the stage and who's getting drafted. So it's not like I've got my eyes trained on their table the whole time, but you do see from time to time you look and you'll see somebody's not at the table and, you know, he's over talking to somebody else. And most of the time they're just, they, they know each other from, you know, from the business mm-hmm. and they just say hello. But, you know, when Lula, I remember uh, Andrew was looking, Andrew Gross was looking up or somebody was looking up at the Islanders table and Lou Amarello was was over talking to the guy from St. Louis. And, uh, you know, I guess we were expecting that something might come out of that. But, you know, no trade did come out of that. It was I'm sure he was just saying hello, um, which you're allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so prospect camp also right after the draft, you're, you're there this week. Um, I think Ranger fans are pretty I, I think they're pretty excited about Adam Sakura and everything that we've heard from him. And it seems like he's had a pretty good camp so far. Well, it, to say anybody's had a pretty good camp, I, I think is stretching it. Um, look, we, we look at this stuff and, you know, but right now all they're doing is just skating around doing like today was, uh, was like testing, right? So they're doing speed testing and, and whatever other testing, agility testing and stuff like that. Um, the, the big thing will be, the scrimmage, you know, and, and we've seen that they've had some drills. They've had some one-on-one drills and two-on-two drills and, and things like that. Um, but tomorrow they'll have a scrimmage. They're going to take the 37 guys and they're going to split them up into two teams and they're going to play. And then, and so that, that'll be the thing that we're all looking to see, you know, who impresses us out of there. Obviously when we go and we look at these guys, we're looking at the big names, right? So we're looking at Offman and we're looking at Cooley. Uh, those guys both impressed us in training camp last year or in rookie camp last year, whatever. So we go in knowing we want to check those guys out, make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do, which they were. Um, Adam Sikora, you know, has got such personality that, you know, you can't help but watch that guy. Um and there are a couple other people that, you know, everybody's looking at somebody different. Uh, you know, Matthew Robertson, I spoke to today. Um, 
you know, I'm curious as to, you know, now that the Rangers have traded Patrick Nemeth and there's an opening, you know, is, is Matthew Robertson the guy that will be, you know, high up on the list of candidates to, to, to possibly fill that opening. So, you know, so those are the kind of the guys you go in um, looking at. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see tomorrow if anybody else kind of, you know, stands out. Yeah, I guess it's got to be tough and you're standing there behind the boards and trying to watch these guys fly up and down the ice. Uh, I know you and, uh, and Vince have done a good job trying to get some videos in for Ranger fans because it really is unfortunate the Rangers don't show that. They don't have any video clips. They post some pictures, but, you know, I wish there was a little, like, give me, like, a little ring camera or something I can watch. You know what I mean? Give me something. <laughs> uh, I might have to strap a GoPro on your head and just have you stand there behind the boards. Well, right. so the interesting thing is, you know, like, I'm not there as a camera person, right? I'm not there just shooting video because... Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. If you're shooting video, you know, you're focused on one guy or the action on one end of the ice. And it could be something happening at the other end, or maybe there's something on your computer screen that, you know, something on Twitter that's going on, or, or maybe, you know, you're working on something. So, you know, a lot of times stuff happens, you see it and you're like, oh, I should get video of that. And by the time you get your, fa- your camera out, you know, the thing is, is over. There was a, um, so this was Tuesday, right? Uh, there, I think it was Tuesday. Maybe it was Monday. One, one of the first two days, there was they did some one-on-one work, and you know they're doing all these drills and they're doing this one-on-one. And there was one drill where it was, I think it was Cooley was up against Offman, and by the time I realized that these two guys were up against each other, you know, and you fish for your phone, the drill's over and then they never did it again. Yeah. So, you know, you're not able to kind of, you know, you can't rewind it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, hey, you just like bang on the boards. Like, hey guys, run that one again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Can we, uh, can we see that again? No. Um, there was one too, where uh, um, they were doing a one-on-one and Cooley was, playing defense and a defenseman was playing offense and uh Cooley kind of bumped him and the guy fell down and I do have that on tape but I didn't post it because I was just like I didn't think that was was you know I could have put it up but it would have been out of context and yeah I I didn't but yeah I mean so you try I mean you you know when you think of an idea like all right I should get video of this Uh, it's a lot usually it's a lot easier with the goalies like if there's a like so we're we're at one end of the rink so if the goalie's at that end of the rink, you can usually, you know, get some pretty good video of that goalie. Yeah. But, um, you know, in normal practices, that's the end of the rink where Henrik was. That's the end of the rink where Igor is. Um, so, you know. It's where you, you want to be. Yeah, so it's where you want to be. But sometimes they're working on the power play at the, at the other end of the rink. You know what I mean? And you, you don't get as good video of that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I... I... 
I, I might need to yeah sneak in a ring cam or just put a GoPro like something <laughs> strap it to someone's head. Maybe you can get like Vince to wear the GoPro while you pay attention. Like we'll figure it out. Vince could totally do it. I could see him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, you've talked to some of these prospects. Is there a guy who jumps off the page as you like? You know, obviously they're all 17, 18, 19 year olds. Like anyone, uh, like just like you said, Sakura's got great personality. Anyone else like jump out? You like wow, they're very mature or something like that. Um, so I think the guys that, and these are not new guys. I mean, Cooley and Offman, I think are very good talkers. Um, and, uh, and I like them. They're very confident. Obviously they both had excellent years in junior hockey last year. Offman still has a year of eligibility in junior hockey. Um, he's probably going to, he's going to play in the world juniors this summer. Um, and I think, think his thinking at least the, when he was talking to us seems to be like hey if i could stick around for as long as i can i think i think they're allowed to play up to 10 games mm-hmm. and then you got to send them back um so if he could stick around you stretch it out maybe he plays it's it's 10 games played so you know he plays maybe he sits you could stretch that out for like maybe three weeks or so and you know have him get into a couple of nhl games and then you send him back to junior but i don't think you know, unless he blows us away and he earns a full-time spot on the team, you know, he can't play in the minor leagues. So he's going to have to go back to junior and he's going to put up 60 goals. You know, I don't know what else he can do in junior hockey. Um, Cooley is done with junior hockey. So, you know, if he has a strong camp, um, they can put him in Hartford and he can have a strong season down there and he can be there and they can call him at any time from there. So, those, uh, those guys stand out, you know, but those guys are older and more experienced and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're good with this interview process and, um, and they're a little bit more polished. Uh, I just spoke to a couple days ago, I wanted to talk to uh, Olaf Lindbaum, who was a goalie that they drafted in 2018 um, from Sweden. Um, and uh you know, he drafted him in the second round at a time when Lund- Henrik Lundqvist was still here. Um, Igor Shosturkin hadn't yet come over, but we knew he was coming. And so that was a little curious that they would, re- you know, reach into the second round and take a goalie, um, which we all thought curious at the time. But, you know, but they drafted him. Seems like, a, you know, we spoke to him then. Seemed like, a, you know, a pretty, you know, a, a nice enough guy, you know, knows what he's talking about. Um, so I was curious to, to talk to him uh, this week. Um, if you look at his numbers in Sweden, they haven't been great, but he's battled some injuries. Um, he had COVID. Uh, and I guess his team this year, uh, there was another goalie on the team, so he didn't get as much ice time as, as maybe they would have liked. So now, now they've signed him and now he's here and presumably, you know, he'll either be in Hartford or he'll, you know, he'll be under their control. Um, and they can develop them from here as opposed to having him develop over there in Sweden. Uh, and then I spoke to Dylan Garand. Garand? Garand. Garand. Garand, I think, is. I asked him how to pronounce it. Um, who seems, you know, had a monster year in the Western League. And, and, uh, and I'll be curious to see how these two guys play tomorrow in the, in the, uh, in the development camp scrimmage. And I'll be curious to see how they both play in training camp as well, just to see what they look like against, you know, pros. And who now is, is Gallant there? Is he present on the ice at all? Or is it all, is it, I think Gallant it's Knobloch, right? Gallant is not here. Uh, okay. Knobloch uh, is here. He wasn't there today because today was just, you know, testing. Um, but he was, he was there Monday and Tuesday. I didn't go yesterday because I was doing free agency stuff. Um <clears throat> And I imagine that, you know, he'll coach one of the teams on Friday. Mm-hmm. But no, Gallant is not Gallant is not here. Drury is there. I saw Drury today. I said hello. You know, he's checking everybody out. Yeah. You got to get the inside scoop from him. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Chris Drury is giving anybody inside scoops. <laughs> like, I'm, the only, I'm the only one here with you today, Chris. You can let me know anything you want. <laughs> no i don't i don't know that he's that type i mean frankly i want to i mean the only last thing i want to tell you ask you about is i think that the one surprise from free agency you can say was the signing of louis domingue the spicy pork is is now in new york yeah I mean, how, how yeah. funny is somebody, that somebody gave me a hard time because you know i couldn't resist making a spicy 
poor. Oh, I loved it. I loved really, it. it was. I was just piling on because I'm sure everybody was doing it. Um, but yeah, no, that that is interesting. I mean, I, they they did need somebody in that role, right? Mm-hmm. That that third goalie who's either gonna be here or more likely be in Hartford and, mm-hmm. and getting some nice time and being ready in the event of an injury or something. Um, so they needed that guy too. They really, you know, start of this week, they only had one, they had one experienced goalie under contract and it was Igor, right? Because mm-hmm. um, Huska and, and, um, Kincaid. and Tyler Wall were not uh, resigned. Kincaid was not resigned. Uh, and so they needed to, you know, you need two goalies at the NHL level and you need at least two at the AHL level. And, and I think you probably want to have five guys altogether. So they needed to get, we, we focused on them getting a backup goalie. They also needed a number three goalie. And so they got that guy in Louis Domingue and, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't help myself. I had to make a comment about spicy pork and, you know, I, I, I regret it. I shouldn't have done it. You know, Deming, Did you see Deming's Twitter though? He did the same thing. Did he? <laughs> he said, hey, guy, hey, Rangers fans, just want to ask, does anyone know any good places for some spicy pork and broccoli? Asking for a friend. <laughs> so I thought it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked the tweet. I was all bad. I, when I saw it, when I saw the news come out about that, I was like, oh, Ranger fans are going to love that. I said, I cannot wait for the comments of that, that one. Of course. Yeah. But, I mean, he is a perfect, he's a Kincaid role. It's a perfect, you want, you want a guy with NHL experience and the Rangers obviously got a firsthand look at him, what he can do in the playoffs. Right. And, and he's a guy who, you know, if you look at Kincaid, like, you know, I would say, well, why not just bring back Kincaid? But, you know, Kincaid at the end of the day played one NHL game last year. Um, and this guy played more than that. So mm-hmm. you know, if, if uh, you want a guy that's there in case of emergency, this guy's should be in a better position to, to be that emergency guy than Kincaid. I mean, this guy played in the playoffs, you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, I, I get it. I get it. So, you know, as much as uh, Kincaid's a Long Island guy and, you know, I, I would have seen, you know, been happy to have him back, you know, this guy fills a role for the Rangers and, uh, you know, and, and we'll see again, it's, it's like I said, with, with, uh, you know, with a lock, you hope you don't see too much of him during the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember I had Josh Getzoff who does the radio for the pens and he goes, I, I was joking around with him during the seat, the preview and Domingue at the time was the backup goalie. And I was like, oh, you think we'll see Louis Domingo? If we see Louis Domingo in the series, we are in trouble. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. I text him after game one. He goes, man, you jinxed that so bad for the pens. And then I, as I texted him game seven. I said, Louis Domingo got you to game seven. How bad of a jinx could it be? And he's yeah, like, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he was great in that series, but he's a third goalie. I mean, how much can you expect from him? Exactly. Well, Colin, I'll let you go. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And, and I hope you take some uh, a little time off after your very busy two weeks here. Get back to your summer activities of lounging and getting ready for training camp in September. Lounging is uh, is is what I plan to do, and you know we got a little vacation coming up, uh, and uh, get all that stuff done and, and be ready to go in mid September. That's awesome. Be good, buddy. Have a great summer. All right, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, give me a shout in, uh, in during training camp. Thank you so much to Colin for joining us. Uh, what an unbelievable guy. I cannot thank him enough for jumping on. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of uh, days for him from the draft back to uh, development camp and then all the free agency stuff yesterday. So I really appreciate him jumping back on, having him on for the second time now. And uh, hopefully we get him back on training camp and uh, you know hear about what he thinks of the Rangers camp and everything else. So cannot thank him enough, and I hope he enjoys his relaxing summer. Uh, getting some R&R there before the Rangers season restarts again. But crazy couple days for the Rangers, crazy couple days for the NHL. This kind of had a feel of like an NBA, NFL type offseason where you just don't know where some guys are going to go and there's a lot of intrigue. And Johnny Goudreau brought it. Kadri's still sitting out there right now as we record this and unsigned. So I thought it was great for hockey, great for Hockey fans that, you know, th- these weren't layup slam dunk signings. It, it was an exciting day to pay attention to everything. And I cannot thank all of our listeners and followers enough for commenting on our stuff as we were trying to break news on Twitter, you know, trying to keep up with everything. I cannot thank some of our former guests who were trying to give me tips and stuff as I was reaching out to them to see where they were going. Um, you know, it, it was very exciting. It was a great day. 
And, and I think the Rangers did well. And I posted a uh, Twitter poll to see how Ranger fans felt. And it, it seems like uh, they're giving the Rangers and Chris Drury a B is, I think, at 56% right now polling with 300-something votes. So, uh, Which I think is fair. I think a B is fair. Uh, I think, um, you know, they got rid of Nemeth's contract, which I think was a plus uh, for what they needed right now. Uh, I think Halak's a very good backup. I think Trocek is the guy you're either like him or you don't. I think that's the guy. And, you know, we, when we had Mike Mancuso on, the play-by-play guy for the Canes, you know, he really talked about how much of an impact player he is. Um, and he kind of – he was the guy that when I asked him, you know, who's the guy who the Rangers are going to be hating in game five or game three – you know, Trocheck came right off his mouth, like right off his mouth immediately. You know, he's like, not only can he score, he can hit, he can, you know, get on a guy's skin, he does everything. So uh, I like the fact that that was such a quick answer for him, and that's the guy the Rangers got. So all in all, I think it was a very good weekend. I thought the draft went well for the Rangers. It seems like from prospect camp, Adam Sikora is playing, uh, playing well and apparently has a fantastic uh, personality to go with it. So that's great to hear. And, uh, and yeah, so we have another exciting show lineup for next week. And make sure you go and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review as we are still partnered up with Alex's Lemonade Foundation uh, to raise money for pediatric cancer. For every five-star review we do receive, a dollar is donated to the foundation to help fight an amazing cause. So make sure, take a moment of your day, go on to our Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave the five-star review, and help that amazing cause. Make sure you go and follow us on Spotify and leave us a five-star review there. You can find the show on Google Play, Amazon, Spreaker, Pandora, you name it, any streaming service you can find us there. Make sure you go and follow the show on Twitter at BroadwayHatPod. Find my personal account at KHOLNY. You can go there. I have all the latest Ranger news, updates. We'll be writing articles for Belly Up Sports, obviously. Always post them there. We'll be having a free agency recap come out either Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. Um, depending on, yeah, depending on some time there, but, uh, so be in the outlook for that. And obviously we'll drop this interview in there as well. So you can kind of follow along with the reading and, uh, what we're talking what Colin and I were talking about all together and, uh, make sure you go and follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat podcast. And until next week, we'll see you then. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.